The list is long. It includes everything, big, small, and in between, that you've collected together over the years. Uh, The dining table. I want that. Those glasses your mother bought us for Christmas in 2007. You should have those. There's stuff in there that neither of you really want, but you lay claim to it anyway. Wedding album. I suppose I'll keep that. And what about that ugly footstool? Yeah, sure. All yours. It's the last step after a long and protracted unhappy few months. And as you divvy up the final few items, you have a collective realization. Who gets the dog? Hello, I'm James Jacobson in Maui, Hawaii. And I'm Caroline Winter in Adelaide, Australia. Welcome to Dog Edition, where voices from around the world consider all things dog. So if you love dogs as much as we do, pause what you're doing, leash up your pup, and let's take a walk, because we've got a lot to talk about. Hey, Pepper, want to go for a walk? So my stepbrother and his wonderful partner of 10 years, they went through this when they split up. Mm. Who gets Coco, their Portuguese water dog? Water dog. That's like Obama's water dog, right, Bo? Exactly like Bo. What happened with your stepbrother? Well, to be honest, they were actually very amicable about it all, which is great because, let's Mm. face it, that doesn't always happen. But they chose to share custody Mm. and they also stayed really good friends, which made it a lot easier for Coco. But it doesn't always go so well. In fact, there are some really, really nasty stories where the dogs get caught in the middle and the couple ends up in court. Well, it's not the kind of custody case that you usually hear about in court. In Pinellas County, a dog is at the center of a legal tug of war. Clearly, they hadn't decided what would happen to the dog if they split up. And so we wondered if that was the same with other people. So, of course, what we do every week We visit dog parks around the world to ask people, dog owners, dog lovers, that rather uncomfortable question. Oh, my partner. She's in love with him and I would never be able to break that bond. Oh, yeah, me. He doesn't like dogs. (laughs) I think she would definitely fight me for the dog because she claims that she loves the dogs more than I do. No, we've never had that conversation. Well, I'll have to ask my wife that answer. That's a good answer, right? Uh, Yes, definitely the right answer. But seriously, you just don't know what's going to happen, do you? And if it does get nasty, there is help out there. In the divorce world, there's advocates for children um, that work, you know, that kind of try to get the best situation for the kids. And I consider myself a dog advocate. That's Karis Nafti, the dog advocate. I am a certified dog behavior consultant and a family mediator. And I use those two branches of my work to work as a pet custody specialist who helps people getting a divorce figure out the very best custody decision for their pets in the long run. Karis Nafti is the first pet custody specialist that I'd ever heard of. In fact, she's pretty sure she coined the term. And you definitely want her on your side if you're the dog. So I come in as an expert just in that little slice of, of time when people, you know, people get a divorce and they go, you know, it, it, as traumatic as it is, it's like your whole life changes. Everything gets thrown upside down. Then there's this question of, oh gosh, who's going to keep the dog? And that is my job. That's where I come in to help. Karis said the calling to become a pet custody specialist actually found her. So here's the story. She had a client whose dogs would come back and pee on his couch 
every time they had spent time with the ex-girlfriend in one of those split custody arrangements. Finally, Karis found out that there was a fight each time the dogs were dropped off at the ex's house, and the peeing was because they were just so stressed to be back and forth and back and forth between him and his ex-girlfriend. So this was a real aha for me. And then I started seeing subsequent clients who were calling me. This could be like sometimes it was a month. One time it was a couple of years after the divorce. And the reason why the dogs were behaving in the way that they were, whether it was destructively or aggressively or all manner of behavior problems, was because at the divorce time, the custody decision that was reached was convenient for the people, but it was not ideal for the dogs. And the dogs weren't coping with their life that they were now living out. So Karis's workload has shot up in recent times and she's not alone. She says with more people getting dogs and more of them being treated like children or fur babies, the gloves are off with some couples who split. She shared a real life example of one of her clients and how they ended up needing her help. But we've changed their names for privacy reasons and actors have stepped in to tell their story. Hi. I'm Jeff. And I'm Cindy. We started dating in 2017. We moved in together a year later and adopted a Labrador from a local rescue organization. I had grown up with labs and I really wanted another one. For me, it was important to give a dog a home who needed one, rather than get a new puppy. Our Our lab, lab, Misty, Misty, was was the the perfect perfect fit for for both of us. We loved becoming dog parents together. But it became clear pretty soon in our relationship that Misty had some behavioral issues from her previous home. She didn't like being left home alone and wasn't always happy when we had visitors over. She would even hide and shake sometimes. I started running with Misty to give her a better outlet for all our energy. We also got some help from a dog trainer who gave us some tips to help Misty be more relaxed with strangers. After a few months of running, training, and patience, Misty became a really wonderful dog. Misty would stay home with me during the day since I worked from home and Jeff would take her for her daily run or a trip to the dog park when he got home from work in the evenings. We felt like a family for a time. The three of us. We did. We did. But about a year and a half after we adopted Misty, Cindy and I decided to separate. It was really sad when Jeff and I broke up. For a while, I thought we would get married. Then the realization about Misty hit us. We both wanted to keep her. We both felt like she was our dog, and we started fighting about what was going to happen to Misty. I moved out and would come to Cindy's place to take Misty out for her runs in the evening. But sometimes Jeff and I would end up fighting, and it became clear it started to stress Misty out too. She started to revert to the same behavior she did when we first adopted her. It was a really difficult time for all of us. Jeff and I had to keep seeing each other every night when he came to take Misty for a run. I felt like I didn't have my life to myself couldn't have anyone else over to the house without feeling really weird about it. Misty wasn't very happy or settled. None of us were. After about a month, I took a job in a different city, about an hour away from where we were living. And honestly, I wasn't prepared to leave Misty with Cindy. And I didn't want Jeff to take Misty with him. We knew we needed help through this. We found out about Karis, and she helped us through this difficult situation. Even though we were fighting and upset, Both of us really wanted what was best for Misty. After working with a mediator, we all came to an agreement that Misty would live with me most of the time, since I was the person to give her daily runs. Without consistent exercise, Misty wasn't a very happy dog. Every two months when I travel for work, Misty goes back to Cindy for a week. 
After all the back and forth and difficult decisions, I'm happy with how everything has worked out. I still have Misty in my life, and I know she is happy living with Jeff. Well, that story has a happy ending. Mm. But as Karis explains, helping people separate their emotions from what's right for the dog is not easy. It's a very delicate, tricky job, and I love it. It's really challenging because I have to sit with what do the people need, what does the law say, and most importantly from my side is what does the dog need. And and when I say dog, I mean, I always talk about dogs, but I also work with cats and I work with birds, all kinds of animals. Birds? Birds? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Actually, you have to hear this one. Hmm. The funniest story I have is it's about a parrot. An African grey parrot, to be exact, who (laughs) tend to bond closely to one person. So there was a man and a woman and the parrot was very bonded with the man, but the bird spoke like this man's ex-wife. That was the voice that the bird had copied. So the bird would say, hello, sweetie. I love you, sweetie. And and all these things that when they were in the relationship was very cute. Very cute until you're not <laughs> married anymore. Exactly. And then the couple separated. The man kept the bird because it was very much his bird. And then he got a new girlfriend. <laughs> you know what happened next, right? You know, and she moved in and then she called me and said, can I just teach the parrot not to, you know, not to speak like the ex? And I said, look, you know, the truth is that's beyond my scope. I, I had to negotiate with her and, and just say, look, training wise, you know, you can reinforce other behaviors and other voices, but this bird's been speaking this voice for years and years. It's not going to just go away. Anyway, that relationship really, it didn't really last, but it was a, <laughs> those are some of the sort of things that I deal with. Okay, enough about birds. Let's let's go back to dogs. This is Dog Edition. And back to something that Karis mentioned earlier about what the law says. Ah, yes. The part about pets being property when it comes to divorce, like our couple at the top of the show divvying up the dining room table and the glasses. Some states in the U.S. and in other parts of the world are changing the law so that judges have leeway to consider what's in the best interest of the pets, just like they do for kids. But that decision is not in all jurisdictions all over the world. Which means if you go to a judge and the judge is deciding who gets what, they can award custody to whoever they deem the owner to be. That might mean I've had couples where the husband bought the dog for the wife as a present. So his name is on the ownership papers because he paid for the dog but the wife has spent the last five or 10 years loving the dog and his dog is bonded with her. But in a messy divorce, the husband says, well, it's mine. And he takes it. And that's what a judge can do. So that is precisely why I have started to do this work. But a pet custody specialist like Karis isn't the only option to keep things out of court. There is another way to make sure your dog is considered if couples split. And we'll tell you about that after the break. And now, a message from your dog. Every day with you is like a day at the beach. And I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. I want to roll in the grass and warm my belly in the sun. I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want ever pup. The green, grassy, beef liver spiked smell wakes my senses. You may not realize this, but it tastes like homemade gravy, especially when you wet it. 
it infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it. Everpup traveling to every cell in my body, nourishing each one. Does it roll back time? Of course not. Not really. But it helps me feel like I'm on top of the world. I'm so glad you're giving it to me every day. Because every day I'm so glad to be with you. I'm so grateful to be your dog and for the ever pup you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup every day. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome back to Dog Edition. Uh, Vanessa, you're responsible for coming up with what is termed the pet nup. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, there was a gap in the law, basically, because the law doesn't recognise animals or pets like they do children. They regard them as chattels. That is Vanessa Lloyd-Platt speaking on a British TV show called This Morning. She is a divorce lawyer who is credited with developing the pet nup. Just to clarify, a pet nup is a prenuptial or separation agreement specifically for pets. That's right. And while more laws specifically addressing the interests of pets are needed, pet nups are hugely helpful if things go wonky in the relationship. Here's Karis Nafti again. It's like the least romantic conversation to have ever. I realize when you, you're in love and you're getting a dog together because that seems like the natural thing to do. But it is the grown-up thing to do. And she says there are some important things you should include in your pet nup. I know of people who they have separated. Person one has kept the dog and they actually put the dog down later because they didn't want the dog anymore rather than having the heart to go to the ex and say, listen, I'm, you know, I'm moving to a smaller place, like whatever. I can't keep, I can't keep Fido anymore. Would you like Fido? So it's good to put that into the agreement. And what's really important, really, really important is that when the dog does reach the end of its life, that you let the other person know. Maybe they want to say goodbye, at least keep the other person in the loop with everything, and then they can do whatever they want with that information. And there's some situations where, you know, there's there needs to be financial kind of plans in place. That's appropriate sometimes. Now, of course, no one wants to have to say goodbye to their dog when they split up from their lover. And I guess the hardest part is coming to a decision about what is best for the dog and not what's best for you. That's truly the epitome of being selfless because, you know, you love your dog. Yeah, it's really the essence of all of this, though, Jim, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And I think probably we can give Karis the last word on that. If you are going to say goodbye to a dog, it's important to know that, first of all, dogs can say goodbye a lot better than people can. 
And it's hard to hear because we really want our dogs to miss us as much as we miss them. But I can tell you from many years of working with dogs who've been rehomed and all this sort of stuff, the dogs are usually fine in their new home. What stresses them out is a drawn out goodbye. So you have to say goodbye to a dog like you're taking off a plaster. You just, you say goodbye and you go. Okay. And people get so sad when I say it, but you have to think about it from the dog's point of view. That is the hardest thing. So if you, from a, from a behavior point of view, the kindest, kindest thing you can do to your dog is love them, give them a kiss, and then you say goodbye to them if that's the agreement. And you just have to deal with your own emotions from it and know that your dog will adjust a lot faster than if you go back every few days or something for an emotional reunion. And that is our episode for this week. But before we go, here is what we're working on for the next edition of Dog Edition. From the caves to social media, dogs in art are never far. I think that dogs resonate with humans in a way that touches our souls so deeply that just the concept of someone loving a dog enough to create art portraiture of that dog were to include a dog in a scene makes people happy. Why do we immortalize dogs in art? That's on the next episode of Dog Edition. And if you are looking for something else to listen to on your dog walk between now and then, I encourage you to visit my show. It's called The Long Leash with James Jacobson, and we talk about interesting things with very interesting people. You can get all the details on the website, longleashshow.com. Please follow Dog Edition wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. We'd love you to join our pack. And we'd love you to spread the word about Dog Edition because if you like what you heard today, and I know this is kind of a sobering subject, but it's pretty important. If you like what you've heard today, please tell a friend. It really helps us grow this podcast. And until next time, I'm Caroline Winter, your resident news hound. And I am James Jacobson. On behalf of all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, we wish you and your dog a very warm aloha. Is artificial intelligence going to change veterinary medicine? Well, it already has. Right now, on Dog Cancer Answers, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Deal of Morris Animal Foundation about how AI is impacting veterinary research and the practice of medicine itself. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.